Well, I wish I had some kind of like um, awesome thing to talk to you about today. I actually do. Um, some of you, when you hear us say, well, giving is good, you know, you think you know how the sermon's going to go, right? Um, last week, I was helping my father and mother-in-law over here move. And um, while we were there moving, somebody asked me, what are you going to be preaching about this weekend? And I said, I'm going to be talking about giving is good. And he was like, mm-hmm. Most qu- m- the most misquoted verse in all the Bible talks about money. And I was like, yep, it sure does. And we ain't using that one. Right? I said, in fact... I'm probably not using any of the verses you think I'm going to use because I'm not talking about it like that. So, hopefully, uh, you all will walk away with something beneficial, something that will be life-impacting, life-changing to you. Before I get to that, though, there are a couple of important things I need to talk to you about really quick before I launch into my talk to you today. If I haven't met you, I'm Brian. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and uh, I hope I'm like the fourth, fifth, tenth, twelfth person to say to you, welcome. We're glad that you are here today. Uh, one really, really important thing. Um, you've seen it up on the loop if you've been paying attention before church or out in the lobby. We run an announcement loop. Uh, we're collecting uh, money. Uh, some of you are like, yeah, the church is always collecting money. Um, but in all seriousness, listen, um, we are collecting some money for a, uh, a ministry called Maranatha Hope. This is a ministry that Jacob Dongo right up here, uh, seated right up here, uh, operates in the Ivory Coast, okay? So that's really, really close to where Thomas uh, and his ministry, Heart for Africa, operates. Our goal is to collect uh, $500 uh, to help provide some Christmas uh, for some kids in an orphanage that are in the Ivory Coast. Maranatha Hope is the name of the organization. Um, That's our goal, and we're going to be collecting through the end of November. Some of you are like, wait a minute, that's next week. Yep, you're right, that's next week. Some of you might be thinking, why are you ending in November? Well, because Jacob is leaving to head back to Ivory Coast in early December. I want to say the 5th, the 4th. I was missed it by one day. Uh, He's heading back to Ivory Coast, so we would like to be able to send those funds with him. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, why don't we just send Christmas gifts? Well, that would be a great thought, but the problem is getting them there. Um, Shipping something to Africa, you cannot put it on a FedEx truck or send it by UPS uh, to get it there. It costs an enormous amount of money to ship things, and so... It's easier for us just to provide financial resources and allow them to purchase the the gifts right there uh, in the Ivory Coast. So if you are interested and able uh, to give to that need, we would love to have you do that. You can give uh, through an envelope. All you have to do is this. All you have to do is write on your envelope. This is really critical. Just write on there, um, Maranatha Hope. Okay, that's all you have to do. Just write somewhere on your envelope, Maranatha Hope. If you do not do that, we will not know that those funds are supposed to go to Maranatha Hope, um, and then we won't appropriate them properly. If you give online, if you're someone who gives online, there's a drop-down in the the actual giving section that will allow you to designate uh, to that need, okay? So so that is one thing that I wanted to make sure that I let you know about um, that's really, really important. And the other thing that I want to just bounce off of you or just kind of put in in front of you is we have this, this thing called Right Now Media uh, as part of our church. As part of our church family, this is all in you version. It's also up on the loop. You can watch this after church today. Um, we, you, you guys, because you're part of our church, have free access to everything that's in Right Now Media. 
It has a ton of stuff in it, a lot of good stuff for kids. There's lots of great stuff for teenagers, for adults. There's Bible studies. There are, there's lots and lots and lots of great stuff. It is called the Netflix, the Christian Netflix or something like that. I, I'm not sure, but it's like an online streaming service. You get access to it for free as part of the church. If you're a Uversion user, open Uversion. There's a click, right, a click. There's a link right inside Uversion that will take you to our Right Now Media sign-up page. You do not have to pay anything for that. It's because you're a part of our church and we have it. You have access to that. So feel free to check that out. That's something we want to make sure that you are aware of and that you know about. So we are near the tail end of a series called Making Change, as you see up on the screen in front of you. And what we're talking about is making change now that will impact your future and your tomorrow. In our very first week, we talked about this idea that less is more, that we are a people who have so much, and yet for some reason, we always want to accumulate more, right? Yeah? Some of you are like, no, okay. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're the exception. And maybe you can help me figure out how to not do that. Uh, we were at Target the other night. Our, Esther needed some clothes or something. And you all, how many of you go to Target? Are any of you Target shoppers? How many of you have ever been to a Target? Okay. So you know when you first walk in Target, there's a dollar area, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, not everything in there is a dollar anymore. Now there's like $5 items and $3 items. But it's cheap enough that you look at it and you think, ooh, that's cool. And so you throw a bunch of it in your cart and buy it, right? And then what do you do with it when you get it home? Right, 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 right. You put it on a shelf or something, it looks pretty for a little bit, and you're like, oh, that's so neat. And then when you go to move 25 years later, you find it and it goes into a box along with the 3,000 other things that you bought at Target at the $1. Y'all know what I'm talking about here? So the idea for us is not that we shouldn't have stuff, but that less can actually be more, less stuff that actually, like, we want stuff that actually matters, right, rather than just things, okay? So that was the idea of less is more. Last week, we talked about stress being bad, and we specifically talked about the stress that often comes with debt, and not, not what we would call useful or, or positive debt, but unsecured debt for things that we don't really need, but rather for things that we want, right, okay? We talked about being slave to our debt. We talked about how when we go into debt for something that we don't really need, but rather for something that we want, we put ourselves in slavery to our debt rather than being enslaved to God. Rather than being able to do the things that God might call us and ask us to do, we're enslaved to these other things that we don't really need, but just things that we kind of want. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't have things that you want? No. That is not what we're saying. Does that mean that if you have debt, you're a bad person? Absolutely not. However, what we do want you to think about is, should I go into debt for something that I want, that I don't really need? And when I do that, am I making myself a slave to my debt? So today what we're going to do is we're going to kind of talk about, okay, well, Pastor Brian, I get all this, like less is more, stress is bad, but if I don't have debt and I have less stuff, what am I supposed to do with my money? Well, I'm glad you asked, right? Not that you did, but if you did ask, I'm glad you asked, because what we're going to do today is talking about the idea that giving is good, okay? Giving is good. Now, there's a, a scripture in the book of Acts, I'm not going to read it to you today, but I'm going to tell you about it, that says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you are familiar 
with this verse. How many of you have heard this before? Right? Some of you have heard this before. You're like, wow, that, that's actually in the Bible. It is. It's actually in the Bible. That it's more blessed to give than to receive. My question for you is, do you agree with this idea or this concept? And I want you to stop and think about it for just a second. Okay? And I want you to really think about it. I don't want you to think about it like, well, I'm in church, so I guess I should think about it. Yeah, that's probably good. I want you to really think about it and whether or not you agree with it. I want you to stop and think, is it really true that it's more blessed for me to give than to receive? Okay? So I want you to stop and I want you to ponder. That's a word that's in the Bible too. I want you to ponder that for just a moment. Do you feel like you receive greater blessing when you give than when you receive? Okay? So stop and think about that for just a moment. Okay? And then as you're doing that, I want you to think about an, a moment or an opportunity or a time when you received something and you felt blessed by it. Because how many of you have had this happen to you? You received something and you were like, wow, I really needed that. Or that really was a blessing to me. How many of you have had this happen? Where you received something and it was like this major blessing to you. You were like, I don't know what I would have done had someone not come along and met this need that I have, that I received something, and it blessed me, okay? I know that that has happened for Dawn and I, numerous occasions, and you feel blessed when that happens, do you not? Yes. So what I don't want any of you to hear is we should never receive anything because the Bible doesn't say you should never receive, you should only give. The Bible says you're more blessed when you give than when you receive. So what I want you to think about is that time when you received something and you felt so blessed by it. And then I want you to think about a time, if you have one, where you gave something to someone and you were blessed personally because you gave. Okay? So I want you to think about that for just a moment because here's the correlation between those two things. In order for someone to receive a blessing, most of the time someone else is giving it. Do y'all follow me? Now, that doesn't mean that God can't magically just give you something. That's, we're, not, we're not saying that. But because we're in a financial series, we're talking largely about how we handle our finances. And in order for someone to receive a financial blessing, someone else has to give that financial blessing. Okay? And so part of the purpose of this whole series is we as a church want to be able to be a group of people who are able to bless other people through our giving. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, what you're wanting is money for the church. Well, you just want to raise, or you want this, or you want that. So, Because, look, listen, I've been around the church a long time. I've listened to conversations. I've probably participated in conversations, okay, right? Churches just want people's money. And I need you to hear me when I say this to you. That is not what this is about today. What this is about today is encouraging you to think about what kind of changes do I need to make in my life so that I can bless other people through my finances, through what God has given me. Some of you might think, well, I'll never have enough money to bless people. That's just not true. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But you think, look, maybe you're in a season right now where you're on the receiving end, and that's okay right? The time may come when God will put you in a position where you'll be able to be giving. But if you do not develop the mindset of a giver, you will not give. And again, please do not think that this is about 
you giving just to Kettering Church. This is about us blessing people that God has put into our path in this world. So, do you agree, keep this in your head, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive? Does one of these things carry a stronger sense of blessing to you than the other? And if it does, I want you to evaluate why. I want you to evaluate that. I want you to evaluate, well, why is it that I feel one way or the other? Because I'm going to tell you all something straight up right now. I like to receive stuff. I mean, do any of you not like to get stuff? I mean, come on. I remember a time, and I haven't done this in a long time, but I stood up here in church one time. We were talking about giving, of course. And I was talking about this washer and dryer that I really wanted right, because we needed a new washer and dryer, and I really wanted this washer and dryer. It was one of those front-loading washers, and man, it was nice. And I stood up in church, and I said, you know, if I just didn't tithe for a month, I could go out and buy myself that, right? Like, I could do that, but I don't feel like that's what I should do. I feel like I should give what God has told me to give, and I'll go without the washer and dryer. Well, magically, Friday of that week, we get a call from Lowe's telling us that they're trying to drop off a washer and a dryer, at my house. I was like, gone. Did you order a washer and dryer? No. Well, somebody did, right? I called Lowe's and tried to get them to tell me who it was. They wouldn't tell me. Somebody in the church bought us a washer and dryer. I, know, I was dumbfounded. But then Don and I talked about it. I'm like, I am never standing up in church and talking about something I want again, right? Because it wasn't really some kind of great need, but it was a blessing when it came. Y'all follow me? Now, here's the thing. In order for me to receive that blessing, what had to happen? Someone had to give it, right? In order for someone to give a gift like that, it must mean that they have either been blessed or something in their financial situation that they live their lives in such a way that they can do those types of things. Do you follow me? So you see... Some of you, I think, think that when pastors stand up in church and they talk about money and all this, it's because they want more money for their church. And what I want you to hear from me is what I'm trying to do as a pastor is encourage you that living your life right financially doesn't just enable you to give money to your church. It enables you to help real people in real life situations who have real needs. And you can bless them. And in blessing them, you yourself receive blessings in ways you cannot imagine. And that doesn't mean that you're going to get double back what you gave, right? Some people try to twist scripture and say, well, if you give a thousand, God's going to match that thousand. You're going to get two thousand. It's going to grow. That is not what we're talking about. The blessings that you receive are internal spiritual blessings. Are they sometimes financial? Yeah, it happens. It does. But we don't do it for that reason, right? That's not why we do it. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 11. If you're following along in you version, it'll also be up on the screen here. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be what? Generous. I lost my light here. Let me see. Let me find it. Oh, here it is. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will what? They will thank God. Does it say anywhere that you'll receive credit? Does it say anywhere that you'll be uplifted or patted on the back? No. It says that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous with what you have. And then when we take these gifts to the people who need them, 
they will thank God. And isn't that what we ultimately want? As followers of Jesus, what we want is for people to see Jesus in us. We want to point them to Christ. And one of the ways that we can do that is by letting them see that there are generous people out there who actually do what the Bible tells them to do. That they're not merely people who preach all of the rules, but they actually act on the things that they believe Jesus tells them to do. And one of those things is to be generous. Be generous with what you have. Now, here's what I want you to hear. I don't want any of you sitting here to think, wow, I feel like every time I come in here, the pastor's telling me something else that I need to do. This is as much for you as it is anybody else. Because when you give, you bless. And when you bless, you are blessed. He will read that in a little bit, but I need to make sure that you all hear that. But before I get there, I want to cover this. What are some of the reasons why we as Christ followers, those of us who are in the church, or even those of us who aren't, if you're not a Christ follower, you're just someone who's like, yeah, I'm just a normal person, I came because someone invited me or whatever, I would ask you this, what holds you back from being generous? What is it that stops us from giving more to people in situations who are in need? Well, for some of us, we are in a place of need, right? I can remember growing up, my parents, there was a period of time where my dad was sick and he had to have a kidney removed and then he got pneumonia and all these bad things happened. He lost his job and we just didn't have, we just didn't have things. And there were a number of people who stepped into our lives during that time and, and blessed us, right, with what they had. And um, that was hard. It was hard for my dad. I watched my dad try to figure out how to be in that place where he was receiving, right? That's a hard thing for, for many of us to experience. But here we are, all these years later, God blessed my parents, and now my parents, they give to their church, and that there are things that they do to try and bless other people. But there was a time in their life when they couldn't do that. And if that's where you are today, I don't want you to feel like anybody's up here bashing on you. That's not what this is. Part of this, part of being a family, when we talk about family as church, sometimes we receive and sometimes we give. And that depends on what part, what stage, what place in life we are. Y'all follow me? Sometimes you will receive and other times you will give. So maybe you're here and you're like, well, I can't do that because I just don't have. I'm in that place of need. Well, maybe that is one of the things that stops you from giving more and being more generous. Maybe some of you have doubts and reservations about giving because you've seen how it is abused or taken advantage of. Maybe some of you are like, absolutely not. I don't give to charities. I don't give to churches. I don't give to people that I see because they're just going to take it and use it for inappropriate stuff. Maybe you're here and that's, who, that's where you are. Maybe you're here and you're not really in a place where you're ready to give more or be more generous because that's to you. You've seen too much abuse and you just don't trust the systems that are in place. Maybe, maybe you're here and you don't give because you're just selfish. Now, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying that sometimes one of the reasons we just don't give more is because we're just purely selfish. Okay, that happens to some of us. Sometimes we don't give because we live in a scarcity mindset. And you say, well, what is a scarcity mindset? Well, it'll be right up here on the screen. A scarcity mindset is approaching life and finances that there's only a limited amount available and I need to protect what I have, right? 
I only have so much of this money to go around. There's only so much of it that I have to work with, and I need to protect what I have. Therefore, I cannot give to this need or this person or that person or that thing or that thing because I just don't have enough of it. You see, that's what we would call a scarcity mindset. We live in a world where we think that God will not give back to us or provide for us if we step out on faith and meet a need when God instructs us to do so. Please understand that when I stand up here and say, hey, it would be great if you would give to this need, that doesn't necessarily mean that God is speaking through me to you to tell you to do that. You all follow me, right? This is one of the reasons it is out of line for a church to approach anyone and say, hey, why didn't you give to this need that we put in front of you? Maybe God didn't tell you to give to that need that he put in front of you. That's not my place to make that judgment, right? But please hear me when I say this. If God tweaks your heart and says you should give to do something, you best do it. Because if you do, God will bless you in ways that you cannot imagine. But too many of us live in a scarcity mindset. I fall prey to this myself. Where there are times I think I would love to give to that, but man, I can't because I have X, Y, and Z coming down the pike. Dawn can attest to this. We talk about this all the time. Dawn, I'm worried about this thing and this thing and this thing. She's like, why are you worrying about it? God, hasn't he always taken care of us? Well, yes. Well, why would he stop now? I don't know because I'm not in control and I can't see it on a spreadsheet out there. So it makes me nervous. You see, that's a scarcity mindset. Well, I only have this much money. If I give this, then I don't have it anymore. Yeah, that's the point, right? Someone else has it and we're placing Faith and trust in God. We'll talk about that in a moment, too. But there's a difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. An abundance mindset says this. God has so much more to give. Right? God has more to give. And when I give, I bless. When I give, I bless. There are so many of us who want, I believe this, we want to do things for other people. We want to make a difference in the world. And when I say the world, I guess I'm talking about that circle of people who are in your, in your range and sphere of influence. None of us in this room have enough to change the whole world, right? None of us can feed all the people that are starving in the world. None of us have those kinds of resources. But you can change your world by making an impact on the people whom God has put in your path. But if you go through life with a scarcity mindset thinking that there just won't be enough and so someone else is going to have to step in, someone who has more than I have, someone who's a stronger Christian than me or who's this or that or the other, I'm going to let them step in and meet that need. Not only do you fail to bless when God is asking you to bless, but you miss out on a blessing yourself. That is not the way God wants us to live. Let's read Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. This comes from the message. I'm actually reading the message because I love the way Peterson says this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. So we have this, this, this issue, right, where I think if you're here and you would say, okay, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I would like to, to, to do more and be more generous, but you just don't understand. 
you just don't understand my situation. That's true. I do not understand your situation. And I don't need to understand your situation because God understands your situation, right? There may be steps that you have to take and the less is more and there may be things that you have to do to eliminate debt and all of those things. And please know that the reason we talk about those things is not so much so that you can live life to the fullest and having everything that you want, but so that your finances can get fixed so that you can be more generous and make a real difference in the world around you. That's what we want for you. So how can we grow in generosity then? Okay, Pastor Brian, fine. But what can I do? How can I grow in generosity? What are some things that I can do? Well, we're going to start with this, number one. The first thing is to trust God with his portion. Now, this is where some of you are like, yep, I knew this was coming, right? I knew this was coming. And you're thinking, he's going to pull out the tithing verses, and he's going to go down that road. I'm not going down that road, right? What I'm going to tell you is this. God has blessed you with everything that you have. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have to acknowledge that, that what you have, God has given you. And God expects that a portion of what you have will be returned back to be used for his kingdom purposes. You take that however you want, okay? If there are some of you here who you'd say, well, the Bible says to bring a tenth back to the storehouse, great, you, you approach it that way. You see it that way. Some of you are like, no, but in the New Testament it says each person should give in his heart what God has told him to make it. He shouldn't give out of compulsion. Well, fine, great. But understand this. No matter which way you choose to see that, God has an expectation of you that you will use a portion of what he has given you and return it back for his kingdom purposes and not just for yourself. So regardless of how you see that, there's all kinds of stuff we could debate about tithing and giving and whether it was fruits and grains or money or an Old Testament concept or a New Testament concept. I'm not interested in any of that. What I'm interested in is if God says to you, this is the portion that I want, that you can respond and say, great, let me give it back to you for your purposes whatever that looks like. Now, is it helpful for me as a pastor if you give to support your local church? Yeah, it is. However, if God says to you, you know what, there's this need over here that I think you need to meet, right? There's this thing over here that, that I think you should do. Who in the world am I to tell you, well, make sure that you give your tenth here first and then you go do that? You see, so, it's hard for me to even say that out loud, right? Because there's part of me that thinks, mm, well, my livelihood kind of, kind of depends on people giving to support their local church. But the reality is I have to trust that God will provide. Is that true? Yes. How many sermons do you hear me preach every year on giving? Really? I don't do it a whole lot. You know why? Not because I don't think it's important, but because it's not the most important. And because I want to prove to you that I trust that God will provide. And so my role is not to tell you how to do it, but rather to say that God has an expectation of you, that you will return a portion of what he has given you back to his purposes. Whatever that looks like is between you and God, not me. So number one, the first thing you need to do to start being more generous is trust God with his portion. Notice that word, trust God. 
One place in scripture where God says, test me, and it has to do with money, right? One place where he says, go ahead and test me, it has to do with money. Trust God with his portion. Number two, you have to plan to be generous. You say, well, wait, what does that mean? Well, a few weeks ago, we talked to you about this idea of planning to get yourself out of debt. Because how many of you have found that getting out of debt doesn't happen on accident? Right? How many of you think that giving happens on accident? That being generous happens on accident? It doesn't. You're generous when you plan to be generous. You see, you have to, listen, part of your budgeting process needs to be that you plan to be generous. For many of us, our budget is this. Our budget is, here's all my bills, and here's what I have left over to do with what I want. Right? Right? Yeah. I mean, for many of us, that's what it is. How many of you have a budget? Don't raise your hands, please. I'm just asking a rhetorical question. How many of you have a budget that includes a space where it says giving? It doesn't have to say church or tithe, but giving. Maybe you call it generous, right? You have a place built in because you plan for it. Because if you don't plan for it, what happens? You don't give it. If you're not careful with your time, what happens to it? It goes everywhere. You don't even know what happened to it. You have to plan to be generous. Generous people, according to Isaiah 32.8, generous people plan to do what is generous. And they stand firm in their generosity. In other words, I'm going to stand firm in my generosity. So when I know I should be giving this over here, I'm not going to allow something that I want to step in and cause me to not give or to give less. Dawn and I have committed to giving a certain amount in charity or whatever you want to call it, right? Now, it would be so easy for me right now. I'm like, Dawn, we got some extra expenses with a teenage driver. Woo! How many of you have been there? Yeah, buddy. Right? I'm going to use part of my charitable giving to support my teenage driver, right? Seriously, like I'm giving to my son. That's giving, isn't it? No, Nan's over there like, "Uh uh-uh, no, right? But there are times, and all of us will deal with this, there are times where we'll feel like, you know, if I just gave less over here, then it's not like I'm eliminating all my giving. I'm still giving. Just giving a little less. I need to take this trip, or I need to buy this thing, or I need to do whatever it is. You must plan to be generous. Doesn't happen on accident. Trust God with his portion. Plan. Guys, listen. Plan to be generous. Number three, start being generous now. Some of you are like, listen, I already told you I don't have extra money to give, then give something else, right? Listen, I don't want any, I'm, I'm not trying to guilt anybody here, okay? I'm just going to be real with you. We put the word out to all of you, to our church family, that we were going to help some people move yesterday, right? Now, outside of myself, there were three people from the church there, okay? I'm going to count them up. Uno, dos, tres, right? Three. Now, if y'all look around, are there more than three people in here? I know, some of you are like, Brian, that sounds really bad. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you can't give financially, maybe there are other ways until God changes that in your situation where you can give of your time and your energy. Give something back. 
especially if you have received blessing. That blessing came to you because other people gave to you. So do something to give back, right? Church, let me tell you something. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but I I need to just be real with you. I helped my father-in-law move on Thursday, and it was a job, wasn't it? It's a job. Mike's old. No, I'm just, I'm sorry, Mike. I couldn't resist that. I know. But let me tell you about this guy. He's way older than me, and he's a workhorse. He worked. Like, he worked. We both worked, right? And I'm going to tell you something. Don't think for one minute that when Saturday morning at 8.30 rolled around, I didn't want to roll over my bed and say, I ain't helping anybody else today because I already did my part. Y'all hear me? I've done my part. Last weekend, I was at the hospital till midnight, till 12.30. I've done my part. I don't need to do anything else, but let me hear you. I want you to hear me. I didn't do it because I was afraid that John and Paula would look badly on me. I did it because I was afraid that God would be like, dude, I told you to do this. You best do it. Y'all follow me here? See, so many times we think, well, I can't do that because I have this problem or that problem. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't serve in this area. I can't serve in that area. And I feel like in this situation and all those, God is saying, when are you going to be done making excuses? God has to say that to me sometimes. This is no joke. I'm so transparent, sometimes too much transparent. We were moving yesterday, and at one point, (laughs) I love my daughter. She's just like me, right? She gets in the car, and she says, Dad, you think if I make myself throw up that we can just go home? Right? Like, if I, if I get sick, can we just go home? Because I'm tired. And there's part of me that was thinking, can you do that? Like, can you just vomit on demand like that? And then I was like, well, can you make sure you do it in front of people? Because then there'll be no question. <laughs> we, could just, we could just go home. Like, that's a real thought. I promise you, I had that thought. I know some of you are like, what? But, but church, here, and, and again, this is not a pat on the back. This is, I'm trying, I'm trying to encourage all of us. You see, family is able to function like family when all the members of the family give of whatever it is that they have. Sometimes you give, sometimes you receive. But if nobody's giving, how can we receive, church? If there's nobody giving, how can we receive? So, what I want you to understand is that we must stop making excuses for why we can't give, whether it's our time, our talents, or our treasure. Start doing it now. Paul says in Philemon, Excuse me. I'm praying that you will put into action, this is actually in your notes, that you will actually put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Listen to what he says. I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from where? From your faith. You see, Paul's talking about, he's trying to get somebody to release this, this slave, right? I'm, I'm asking you to put into generosity 
Put into faith this generosity that's come from your faith. I want you to do that. And I believe that that speaks to us today. Hear me when I say this. This is one of the quotes that's in, your, in the end of your notes. If you wait until you have enough to start being generous, you're not ever likely to get there. Because if we're all really honest, we never have enough. We never have enough. When will it ever be enough? If you wait until you have enough to be generous, you're probably never going to get there. And then last but not least, please hear this one. Generosity is not born from excess. It is born from a heart rooted in a desire to be generous and bless other people. Some of us, we look around at other people and we think, of course they're generous. Look how much they have. I would be generous if I had that much. Would you? Because guess what, folks? Somebody's looking at you saying that same thing about you right now. You see, that's the reality. I can remember when we were raised, we, we had uh, Sean and Tasha. These were two of Dawn's family members that we raised when they were little kids. And I remember them coming into our home. They were what, like 9 and 14, 13? I never will forget. They came into our little house in Dayton. And we, I mean, we, we didn't have much of anything. And they walked in our house and they were like, man, so this is what it's like to be rich. I was like, uh, no. You know, and I'm, in my head I'm thinking, dude, you've got this way wrong. But when we looked at where they came from, when we looked at the circumstances in which they lived, not knowing from one day to the other they were going to have any food to eat, that they didn't have any clothing to wear, that it was just, it was a really bad situation for them. They looked at us and thought, we were rich. And I'm thinking, wow. So church, please hear me when I say this. Someone is looking at you thinking, man, I wish I had what they have. Man, if I had what they had, then I could be generous. If I had what you have, then I could give. Church, I need you to understand, generosity, a generous spirit, is not born from excess. You're not generous because you give out of your excess. You're generous when you give out of a heart that is rooted in a desire to bless other people. So when we talk about giving is good, that's what I want you to hear. I want you to hear that when you give, you are blessed in a way that you cannot imagine. You can't wrap your head around it. It doesn't make any sense that when I give away my money to someone, it makes me feel good. But it does, especially when you see that person, if that person says, thank God, my need has been met. See, that's how God works through the family. And if we're going to claim to be a family, then let's start doing it. Let's start being a family. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, today, my prayer is that those people who are seated in this room have heard your spirit speak to them, that Pastor Brian has been able to get out of the way, that no one has heard in me, Lord, a spirit that is condemning, that no one has heard a spirit that is indicting, but rather, God, that your words, that that the words from Scripture can speak to us and encourage us to trust you with your portion, to make a plan to be generous, and to start being generous right now with whatever it is that we have, however little, 
or however much. Because, God, we know through your word that you can multiply what little bit we have and do great things with it. Lord, I pray that all the people that are in this room, that their spirits would be moved to start exercising generosity, whether that generosity be with their money, their time, whether it be with their their talents. Lord, wherever we have the ability to give, may our spirits be moved to give and be generous. We ask all of this in your name today. Amen. Hope you'll be back next week where we're going to talk about tomorrow matters. We're going to talk about the importance of thinking about tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you back next time.